Hello and welcome to the RPG Blender, where we give lesser played games or forgotten settings the roll the dice they deserve. I'm your host, Game Master George, thrilled to welcome you to this short side adventure. Hiram has found himself drawn away from the group at the request of Lore. What may she have in mind for this private enterprise? Find out as we explore a new land of power and ancient secrets in Exalted Desert Lore. RPG Blender. I am your host, Game Master George, as we return to the world of Exalted. Today, we will be taking a step back from what happened previously and taking a look at where Deerum went. Or might be a little bit of a short episode. We'll see how long they can get uh, along with each other. Uh, but let's meet our cast first. Right up. Let's go to Craig. Say hello, Craig. Howdy, howdy, gang. It's uh, it's me, Craig, playing uh, the the stick in the mud, Deerum Barath. Uh, good to be back. I have no idea what chaos happened while I was gone. I'm sure everything went well and successful. Nothing could have possibly messed up. Uh, you'll see. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, and then, uh, so we're, we're going to be doing something a little bit different with this intro tonight. Uh, and that is because we have a new player joining us, taking on the role of Lore. So it doesn't need to just be me and Craig talking to each other for uh, however long this takes. Uh, I can actually do the world stuff and not just be crazy lunar lady. Uh, so welcome, Becky. Say hello, Becky. Hello, uh, I'm Becky. I am playing someone who has already joined the world, so I hope I do it correctly. <laughs> uh, hopefully, I'm sure there will be no problems whatsoever. And then we have in the peanut gallery viewing us tonight, we have Peter. Hello, Peter. Hi there, I'm Peter from Sponsored by Nobody, playing Regal Royale. Let's have to something else at the moment. <laughs> uh, so, because uh, Becky is jumping into a character that I created and that you guys have interacted with for a little while, I would like, rather than the usual fun facts, I would like each of you to have this opportunity to ask me one question about lore. That way we can give her a little bit of background information about this character. Interesting. Okay, um, so I guess... Maybe a little bit of a broader question. I had a, a question about like why in your game specifically the Lunars hate the realm. I mean, like the younger ones, like Lore, not the ones that are really old and you know have a personal vendetta. But the young ones, you know, dislike the realm. For the most part, the only young ones don't have a predilection toward hating the realm unless they have been either actively persecuted by the realm. So they've been interacting with the realm and seeing that the realm wants to hunt and kill them, or they've been working with someone like Raxi, a teacher who is instilling their virtues of hatred of the realm. Because for the most part, many of these people who are now becoming Lunars, these uh, younger ones, they may have come from the realm. They may have positive feelings toward the realm or people from it. Unless the realm shows them a reason to hate the realm, they really don't have one. Okay. I hope that gave a little bit of information. <laughs> so, Craig, Becky, who's got a question for me? I mean, I asked you a bunch of questions before we started this. So. <laughs> well, this is a chance. Is there anything that you're curious about with this character? Any piece of the backstory that you'd like a little bit more information of? Because obviously, once you take the reins, if you decide something about the character's backstory, it's canon. All right. Uh, <laughs> let me look at the backstory again. <laughs> well, 
I had some questions for Diram about where the the world was hitting their relationship with Lore is heading to. And maybe you can also ask you, George, where do you think Lore's relationship with Diram is going from her ah, perspective? Okay. So whoever would like to answer that first. Uh sure, I'll answer. Um, I think for Diram, there's definitely like just uncertainty in general about the relationship, but be- just because there is that uh that 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 pre-existing connection. Uh, that that transcends beyond just them as entities, but but following their reincarnations as well. Uh, I think at this point, Diram is probably pursuing any sort of amicable relationship as a means of uh, just following something that seems familiar, uh, especially in this world that has been particularly unfriendly uh, and and uh, unkind to him from his personal life into his exalting uh, and so on. Uh, for something that was discovered or someone who was discovered who just had a connection in some way uh, beyond his friends, obviously, that seems like something that's worth trying to, to nurture and develop. Okay, yeah. interesting answer. All right. Uh, so for Lore, Lore had started out as a hopeful idealist and then studied under Roxy, who is very much not that sort of person, very much pragmatist and rule through fear type of person. Uh, and that hardness started getting instilled into Lore. She started losing some of that compassion. And that all culminates with when this character who was up until recently, a fairly caring individual was ready to lead a horde of barbarians into an innocent city on the orders of Roxy. Upon meeting Diram, this little link to the past, someone that she feels somewhat of an instinctual bond with, who is willing to step up and protect these random nobodies who are seemingly worthless and really part of the nation that would love to murder him, it starts to crack some of that, uh, some of that rock that uh, Braxy has been instilling into her. So it serves as that reminder, a little bit of a softening, a little bit of a, this isn't just a kill or be killed world. There can still be good people out there. And then she finds out that they ha- that this party with Diram included have agreed to subjugate part of the two rivers uh, in <laughs> alliance with Roxy and to cut out the hearts of dragon blooded to send back to Roxy in order to get her service. Uh. So that pretty, that starts to waver things a little bit. So at this point, it's very much an exploration of are you this person that I thought you were or has or is it really as Roxy has been telling me for the past years? It's complicated. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Any other questions before we jump into this? I got a question. All right. I would love to know about the Silver Pact. Oh, the Silver Pact. Okay. Uh, The Silver Pact is an alliance, well, a loose alliance of um, the Lunars within the, uh, within creation, uh, predominantly led by the significantly, significantly, significantly older ones that survived from a long time ago, as they weren't quite as successfully hunted down as the Solars were. Uh, They are a movement which started out to protect and guide the younger Lunars as they uh, exalt to make sure that they are protected and not just immediately devastated by the wild hunts. Now, with the weakening of the realm, it is turning into something of a war front, a march toward conquering the realm, taking over and forming their own Silver Empire. Oh, good. (laughs) 
<laughs> feel confident there? Never, Craig, George. Never. Craig, do you have any questions before, before we get started? All my questions get too particular and whatnot. Um, uh, let's see. A, a lore-related question. And you know, the other thing is too, asking lore-related questions feels taboo because obviously that's like an object of interest for me as a player and a character to actually mm -hmm. find out naturally and organically. So for me to be like, who's under the mask seems sort of uh, yep. uh, contrary to the mystery. But okay. uh, I, 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 here, here's a here's a question. I don't even know if you can answer this. But um, how long did it take before uh, Lore, uh, I guess, ascended into her lunar form, into her lunar status? Exalted. Yeah. How or long before she exalted? Sure. Sure. Uh, she was um, in her early twenties when it happened. Follow up question. How old you now? <laughs> Mid twenties. Oh shoot, she's. She's fresh too. Okay. She just, I mean, um, well, the benefit of having a very powerful teacher, that's what she had. <laughs> that's fair. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Cool. Okay. Cool. Oh, wait, I, I have one more question. All right. What do I look like? Uh, you are a younger looking woman with uh, darker skin, like it's like a heavily tanned skin from time spent constantly outside. Uh, longer... Uh, oh my gosh, I need to remember back to the description. Uh, longer, darker hair, uh, lighter clothing. Um, you're free to describe it as you like because they've obviously changed, appar uh, changed apparel a lot since I initially described, and we're now in the very deep south. Uh, but yes, youngish features, uh, fairly slim, um, but there's the sinewy muscle underneath. Cool. Okay. And with that, let's get started. Previously on Exalted, our heroes were getting ready to head, well, to wait until a dinner party was going to occur. However, en route to that, Lore intercepted the party and with a tap on Deerum's shoulder, requested him to join her on a hunt. And that is where we will leave off as Deerum has accepted this invitation and is now going off to hunt. What is, do you, what, what are you going to hunt? Let's go ahead and just dive right in. Uh, well, I, I want to hunt the sand swimmers. That's what I want to do. I think it'd be very, very beneficial. I'm sorry, the what? The sand swimmers? Have you not seen them yet? Um, I'm not familiar with this region. I don't think so. Well, watch your feet. They, they are exactly what they sound like. Creatures that swim in the sand. Mm -hmm. Okay. What? This seems I... very confusing to you. <laughs> I'm just curious, what's the benefit to us hunting? I mean, there's obviously a lot going on, and we, I mean, you're aware we have a priority finding uh, Pluton, or even the, the part of this very deadly creature. What, what, what's to gain by hunting one of these? Um, sorry, I assumed you would have known. Um, when I hunt successfully, I can then take the shape of what I hunt. Uh, Dirham's eyes make recognition to the grisly habit of Lunar's... Uh, <clears throat> Yes, I did. I just, um, yes. Okay. Uh, sure. Yes. This seems, you're, you're right. Beneficial. Um, okay. Sure. How, where do we start? Um, I guess I want to start tracking. Is that something we do in this? <laughs> yes. Uh, so the first thing you would want to do at this point is find a likely location where you'd be able to find this type of creature. Uh, a successful lore role would be able to uh, identify areas which might be able to likely house them uh, alternatively you could wander out into the waste and make a survival roll and see if you can find the tracks of one 
Whichever one seems more appealing to you. That so it's either terrible. it's either survival role or what's the other one? Lore. I feel like lore is probably really good at lore, right? <laughs> For so many uh, reasons. <laughs> lore is a scholar. Uh, oh yeah, no, yes. yeah, lore. I'm, I I I want to do lore. Okay. Now tell me how the role works. For <laughs> <laughs> yes, Becky is fresh to this system completely. Oh boy, we're getting another set of new eyes here. Uh, so. The way this works D10s. is you will roll a number of d10s equal to your intelligence plus your lore. Oh, okay, okay. I'm gonna have to roll multiple times. Uh, okay. And you can also make this roll, Dirham, if you would like to uh, think on to think on your own, or if you'd like to assist her. Okay, so my intelligence and like each of those dots that I'm looking at that counts as one. That is correct. Dope. Okay. So what is your total? Ten. Okay. And the thing to remember about this system is stunting is important. If you stunt, if you describe what you're doing, you will get bonus dice to your attempt. Uh, alternatively, Dirum can try to assist you, making his own lore roll and then giving you bonus dice based on how successful he is. Okay. So I think what I want to do is I want to get to the ground, feel for vibrations, um, but I also want to... Uh, I'll, show, I'll probably take off my shoes to not throw them away i'm gonna like tie the the the, the <laughs> strings together and put them around my neck so i don't lose them feel it with my feet feel it with my hands um probably also test to see where the wind is go blowing for what is um an in theory an easier ride mm -hmm. as i imagine something swimming in sand might need okay that's my my plan Okay. Uh, Dirham, are you assisting, or are you going to let her go on her own? Uh, Dirham will assist. Uh, I think with her, with the knowledge and, and explanation that Laura has given, uh, he will reflect on that in any readings that he's had, and while doing so, scan the horizon for any uh, notable, like, higher sand dunes, things alike, maybe, maybe locations that these types of creatures might use as like a a close to surface uh sort of like home you know as if like the the protrusions in the the desert landscape might be a location that would be a perfect place for them to hide near so should anything awaken them kind of thing okay uh, go ahead and give me your more roll and then we'll see how many bonus dice you give her i give her three, three okay more. bonus dice yep and what you're looking for, uh, sorry, this is not a totaling system. You Damn it! <laughs> sorry, you want to count the number that land on seven or higher. Okay, I'm going to have to do this over again. <laughs> <laughs> I was counting it up. Lesson learned from yeah. me. Uh, explain the full rules first. Uh, if you roll a 10, it counts as two. Seven, eight, oh, nine, count so as one. Okay. Oh. If right. you'd like, there, there are dice rollers for this. No, it's not as fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's from our school of thought. Just wait till we have to roll 50 dice. Well, yeah. I mean, when we get there, you know, we might dialogue before then. So seven, eight, and nine are one point, tens are two. That is correct. Okay. Let's see if you have theorem luck or mountain luck. What kind of luck do I have? I where have a bad luck, succeed don't I? On, where you succeed on everything except the things that you really should succeed on. All right. I thought that was mountain luck. <laughs> no, mountain luck is where he does really, really, really well up front and then whiffs the backup roll. All right. This doesn't sound like a lot, but I this is my first roll. Well, second, if you count my, <laughs> my one that didn't, made, didn't Your work. practice roll. Mm -hmm. Yeah, seven. That's a, that's a sizable roll. That okay. is a very sizable roll. Okay. okay, so you make your way out into the desert, the night sky above you, uh, the stars shining brightly. Uh, and you, as you make your way out of Gem, you can see the sand dunes uh, down at the base of this volcano going off in every direction that you look. 
Uh, and you begin looking for these areas which match what you've read about, what you've studied about these creatures. You're looking for areas of uh, freshly disturbed sand, uh, maybe a sand dune that appears to have recently repositioned, uh, a place where there would be more loose-packed sand, as you said. Uh, and you do, on the, on the close to the horizon, it'll be a significant walk, probably take you about a quarter of what remains of the night to get there, uh, but you do see what looks like a reasonably accurate location. Do I know anything about uh, the, do I know anything, I, I know that I have to observe them in general, but do you know if I have, or do I have any knowledge of uh if this is a dangerous creature or um this is the world of exalted basically everything is a dangerous creature in some way shape or form okay. dangerous to people <laughs> yes dangerous to people you are not really normal people uh this is a five foot long lizard with six limbs that uh hunts by swimming through the sand grabbing prey and pulling it underneath so yes it is dangerous but you all are far more dangerous okay um, so I'll, I'll wait. So it's like far enough away where I, we, we, we've got a bit of time anyway. Correct. Okay. Uh, so I want to start heading this way. Uh, I see some potential shifts in the sand up ahead. Um, it looks like it might be a little bit of a trek though. Are you up for it? Of course. Yeah. I can handle a bit of a trek. All right. Pulls out his dragon sigh wand. A looks, looks like a gun basically. <laughs> It looks like a firecracker launcher with a big dragon head at the end of it. If I remember the illustration of your weapon. That seems correctly. about right. Yeah, it's like a big, big, big rifle. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, you're ready. You said I should be ready. I'm. I'm yeah. I, what What are we supposed to expect besides it coming out of the sand? Is it Is it going to bite or is it cause or? I take out a notebook and a pen and um, I assume I have them. Uh, yeah, it, more like a, it's a quill and. Mm, uh, scroll. That's a that's me rolling a scroll. That was. It's good. It's good. Good proper. For our good podcast proper. listeners, make sure you check it out on YouTube so you can see this <laughs> dramatic reenactment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so good. It's so good. So, so good. There's a reason we point. have her here. <laughs> um, and I just look at Durham and say, uh, "Well, we'll find out." You've never you've never met encountered anything like this before. You just know about them, but oh, I mean, I've read about them. Okay, I get it now. All right, let's, um, you said that way? Derem says pointing in, in the direction of the... Approximately. Okay, and Derem will start walking in that direction. Okay. And I'm yeah. probably just scribbling down anything of interest to me as we're going. Okay, you begin making your way across the sand. You're going on foot, correct? You don't have any, any other transport? Uh, you know what? That's a great question, and now that you say it out loud... Uh, Darren will, <laughs> will, will stop Lore and say, uh, give me a second. And uh, we'll begin collecting his sorcerer's moats and uh, cast uh, uh, his, 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 his Cirrus Skiff. Get his, his own that? personal his own personal nimbus. Uh, so after... Describe what happens. Sure. Uh, Darum sits there and it looks like he's meditating with his hands clasped together for uh, a few a few seconds um, as it looks like energy begins to reverberate around his hands. Uh, and once it finishes, the energy uh, collapses back into his palm and he begins to expand his hands. And as you as he does, you see a wisp of smoke begin to manifest and develop and it begins to take on a white, like very um, uh, almost solid color to it as he continues to expand it and it as he uh, pushes his hands out to a full expansion of his being, it 
it manifests and concludes its form into a large puffy cloud uh, as he, he manifests a, a, a white puff cloud in front of him. There's uh, many ways you can describe a puffy cloud. Yes, exactly. While he's doing this, as soon as I see him sit down, I, I, I sit down to trying to like, kind of like mimic his body posture, but instead of doing this, look to look on the YouTube channel again to see what I'm doing. <laughs> Um, uh, uh, instead of doing that, I, um, uh, I will put my shoes back on and just watch what's going on. <laughs> okay. Uh, the cloud forms, you, you form a cloud, you don't pull it from the sky or anything like that, because I guess this is the desert. There's not many clouds in the sky. Mm. Okay. Uh, so you form your Nimbus and I believe you can hold one extra person on it. Correct. Uh, that's a great question. This is the first time I'm using it, but I believe you are correct. Uh, mm. let's see. Slow moving, managing a pace of only, as it's time, six miles per hour, but is virtually unlimited in its flight capability, able to rise with no limit other than the ability of its caster to endure rarefied air of the upper atmosphere. Uh... And one of the passengers upon it, the first uh, or second sentence there. So. Well, excuse me, princess. <laughs> uh, then yeah. yes. I too have that spell. And oh. probably Laura also has that spell, maybe. <laughs> right. uh, high chance. There we go. Then yes. Yes, I can. Okay. Uh, Tyrim climbs on and, and extends a hand. Uh, perhaps we use the element of surprise, drop down on it. Yeah, no, it's probably better to not be on the ground. And I uh, give him my hand. Hoist, hoist her up onto the cloud. And it's like, woof, 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 as it starts. <laughs> think are the royalty rates for uh for holy world wow clouds are too much <laughs> clouds, are, Disney. clouds are louder than i than i imagined them. yeah it makes that cartoony <laughs> as it goes through the air uh bringing you through at a essence times six so that's 18 miles per hour which is a significantly faster pace than you would have been able to make walking across the desert uh so what should have taken a third of the night takes a tenth of that time. Uh, so before long, you do find yourself hovering over that area. Uh, I will take perception awareness rolls from... Feels like an ambush. Uh, okay. Um, uh, if you're on the ground, it probably would be. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so perception uh, and what? Awareness. awareness. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, Durham just continues to scan the ground to see any reverberations, uh, any movement of sand, maybe trickling down from some of the, um, some of the, the, I guess the, the plinths of the, of the, of the dunes, uh, and whatnot, any sort of activity to help him basically triangulate where, where we are theorizing this, this sand swimmer is sleeping. Okay. You got and, a two dot stun. And Laura has been the entire trip actively uh taking notes on everything that she sees um probably doing one of those like almost little kid uh over the the edge of like the boat sort of thing like looking at the sand um uh to see if there's any you know i guess like the sand version of a dolphin uh <laughs> as it goes um but also every once in a while glancing up to make sure that we are headed still in the direction that she indicated as well Okay, you can have a two dot stun. Two dot stun gives you two extra dice and one automatic success. Cool. Success as in a seven, eight, nine? Yes. Okay. 
I'm also pumping. I pumped five into this as well for for the record. I'll you, I'm I'm not worried about you learning about pumping things right now, Becky. Well, I don't expect that to be rele- overly relevant tonight. By the time we get to combat, I will teach you all that stuff. <laughs> then it's relevant. Um. Okay. Then I only got five. Okay. All right. It was a five, and what did you get? I got a ten. God. Okay. Uh, both of you with fives and tens, you see what appears to be a relatively large flock of uh, small birds that are flying over the that are flying over the sands, heading in the direction you just came from, heading back toward the mountains and uh, the volcanic area of Gem. Uh, one of the birds swoops down to an insect off of the ground. And as it does, you see the sand begin to shift and rumble underneath it. And leaping much like a dolphin uh, comes a large six-legged lizard creature, leaps a little bit into the air, snatches the bird in its jaws, and pulls it down to the ground. Whoa, whoa, whoa uh, uh, stop this thing. Uh, uh, okay, I'd stop it. D- did you see that? Of, of course, how could I not? Uh, can, can, uh, we, can we follow that? Sure. Sure. I assume we see the movement now in the sand, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You see, you see the sand shifting and every now and then it it pops up a little bit to take a breath or to grab another snack. Uh, It occasionally just stops in its movement to enjoy what it's eat, what it's captured and killed um, and enjoying the quiet night air before it then descends once more underground. And it's going the way that we just came from. Uh, No, it is running in a roughly, uh, it is running toward the north, uh, roughly parallel with the mountain range uh, that runs alongside. So it's heading north. Uh, you just came from the... You just headed east to get here, so now you're going north. Okay. Um, so I'm uh, writing down as much information as I can about the attack that I saw onto the bird mm-hmm. and how he um, he or she, how the creature grabbed the, the, the uh, bird and um, trying to gauge like the speed and... Um, um, any sort of like finesse that I guess like um, I'm really trying to like look at like the muscular features of the sand swimmer. Okay. Uh, you can give me a wits linguistics role uh, with a two dot stunt. Wits linguistics. And Diram, what are you doing while she's doing this? Uh, Diram is just trying to catch up or keep up with this creature uh, while having a comfortable height on it. Uh, not too high because i have a feeling the more airtime that we take in the desert probably the hotter it's going to be getting uh mm-hmm. as we have no real coverage um but his goal is basically to try and get above the creature so that then he can basically when we need to strike with purpose okay and the the the, the stunt thing always gives me a, a, a success as well yep. two dot stunt always gives you two dice and one success okay so seven seven nice uh, so then as you're going, each time that it pops up, you're able to get a little more detail in your drawings of this creature, uh, writing down its movements, the way that it swims through the sand, uh, crafting a very well-written uh, analytical uh, uh, study of this creature's behavior, its habitat. Uh you would consider that you have well documented and studied this creature at this point. As in, I feel. You feel ready. I feel pretty. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, uh. At this point, Deerum, as you have been uh, steering this cloud and with your 10 that you got earlier, uh, you see on the horizon what appear to be 
humanoid figures riding some kind of animal in your direction. You said humanoid animals? Humanoid figures riding some kind of animal. Oh. That makes it a little less horrifying. True, but still <laughs> still a threat. Uh, clocking the activity on the on the sands itself. Uh, Durham will, will tap Lore on the shoulder and point out in that direction uh, and say, we may need to delay your... Um, conclusion here uh but wait so uh, do, do i see what he's also what he's pointing after out? he points it out yes you are able to see the uh the people in distance making their way toward you are they does it look like we're gonna lose the prey if we try to engage these people uh if you were to try to engage these people you would have to pass the prey uh so you are heading to the north uh it is heading in that direction and then these people are coming from the north uh, west. They probably came from that main thoroughfare that leads from the lap down toward um, down toward Gem. Uh, why they left that road and came out into the desert is an is a questionable thing. But can can we see can we see numbers? How many people are in this uh, in, uh, this group who are traveling out into this middle you can of nowhere? See that it's roughly it's roughly uh, roughly a dozen people. That's like a serious group. Uh, hmm? Darum's going to blink his eyes and activate his keen sight technique to just sort of clock in oh. the, the particular details of these individuals. Yes, with keen sight technique, you clock in the individual details. You see that these people, uh, they are carrying predominantly bows. Uh, you see some rather large knives at their hips. Uh, and you can see uh, on the backs of their animals what look like pelts of various kinds. Deerum's mouth tightens a bit, and he, says, and he just simply says, Hunters, probably competition, if I'm looking at this right. So we need to make it to, them, to the animal first. I think either we move quick or we have to deal with them as well. I'd rather not. So quick. Then. Agreed. <laughs> as he sends the, the, the Nimbus uh, in the direction of the sand swimmer. Please tell me that it's a, like a little bit of a louder, like faster sound this time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so at this point, this is a single animal. It is not a particular threat to you uh, at your current situation. What is a threat is how quickly you can complete this and conclude your ritual without these people managing to approach. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to have you give me a single join battle. No. Uh, which is your wits awareness. And then from there, I will have you each make a single uh, decisive attack roll. And if uh, from your decisive strike, you're able to down the creature, two of you together, then you will be able to kill it before the approaching board arrives. If not, yeah. you'll have to deal with them. This is my cobbled together way of doing this rather than going into combat rounds for something that does not need it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it though. I like it though. Alt alternate stakes. Um, cool. Oh, my uh, first four are great. They're all successes and one excellent success. Okay. And Sorry, uh, I'm just really happy with that. Role. This is yes, you should. So that's one. Two, this is wits awareness. So I can actually, I can, I can pump my join battle, can't I? Yeah. I am going to do that. Uh, <laughs> Probably something that's good for you to know. One, two, three. That's my so, best roll yet. How much? Nine. Ooh. Uh, and I will. I'm gonna pump. Wow. Uh, I had a lot of tens. That'll do it. Uh, and I, so I'm gonna, I'm just gonna pump five more into this. Okay, plus the five. Ugh. Uh, so I got four. That's one okay. thing plus five. Hey, four plus your three gives you the seven, and nine plus three gives you twelve initiative. Four carrying right. the team. 
All right. Uh, since rollovers don't, since uh, extra successes don't matter for damage, let's just get your damage rolls, people. Oh, All right. This decisive attacks. Yep. These are decisive attacks, which means you roll a number of dice equal to your initiative. Oh, and that's how I attack? Yep. That's and how I you, because this thing, you have an ambush on it, so it doesn't matter. Uh, you have vastly superior abilities. The question is whether you can kill it fast enough. Cool, and I assume that I'm using the only weapons that I have on me? Correct. You, what do you, what, well, I, your weapon, yes, you pull out your, uh, yes, as you ready yourselves from your knuckles, effectively appears some, what, what look like icicles in the shape of tiger's claws. Super weird in a desert. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so Your I hands roll... feel pretty comfortable at this point, though. Cool. And mm -hmm. so I roll 12 dice, then? That is correct. Good. And 10s do not count as 2 here. Okay, but it's still... So it's still 7, 8, 9, and then 10 is 1 as well. Correct. Dope. And I just... I'm just throwing 4, right? Or four plus no? 3, 7. 7. Okay, cool. So I threw... Mm. Always get at least that 3 on you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Right. Not so great. Six. Okay. Uh, and I got three. Three. It had two, four, six, seven, eight. Help. Oh my gosh. So by one. the two of you, you are able to, by two, technically, because the one would have, if you hit it with eight, it would have gone down too. Uh, you leap from the sky, the claw, the claws and fire bursting upon this creature. It's downed before it knows what truly hit it. At which point, Lore, you are able to take the creature, carve it open, remove a still warm heart and drink of its blood. <laughs> That was disturbing. Uh, okay. <laughs> what did I just join on? My God. But the YouTube is going to skyrocket now. Hey, Greg. Lunars, mate. Lunars. <laughs> at, least she wasn't, at least she wasn't hunting a person. Yet. <laughs> uh, Darren watches a little perplexed and disturbed uh, and then hops back on the, the Nimbus and, and uh, reaches out to grab grab her hand and pull her on so we can get the heck out of here. I'm going to, can I, is it heavy or like, can I pick it up and, and bring it with us? It is a five foot long lizard uh, that swims through the sand. So it is fairly heavy. Uh, you are also fairly strong. I believe that you should be able to uh, carry it. The question, uh, question is whether Deerum will help you with that mm. because that would make it go faster. Because anything that you do here slows you. With the approach of these hunters. It doesn't make sense to let this meat go, go to waste. Or this Darum, life to go to waste. Darum turns to look at the group, gauging the distances. Uh, okay, Time okay. is of the essence. Yes, I get that, I get that. And As he I'm like, hops if... back down and goes and hunches it up from behind uh, to kind of roll it onto the skiff. Okay. Uh, with this, technically it does, the skiff doesn't have a weight limit, but this thing is pretty heavy, so I'm going to say it reduces your speed as you're traveling back. Uh, because it's not a person, so it doesn't violate the one-person rule, and technically you could be carrying whatever you like on your uh, in your pack, including if this thing had been butchered, all of its pieces individually. Uh, so we'll say that it reduces the speed because of this significant cool. weight. Sound fair? That's fine with me. Uh, I think I think noticing the difference as soon as us and the uh, and and the the carcass are on the are on the Nimbus, which by the way is probably taking on a bit of a pinkish color to the cloud. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh god uh Deerum, Deerum seeing the group and seeing that we're not moving at the same speed it was uh, uh oh uh and uh, 
wills it to start just flying diagonally up. So we're just <laughs> just going as far away from them as we can to just make sure that we're far enough away that there's just the cloud in the sky rather than these two people, this big old carcass, and then whatnot. So still probably a kind of pinkish okay, cloud in the sky now. <laughs> Yes, you begin sailing then through the sky on your slowly turning pink cloud, which eventually you see the rain of blood beginning to fall out the bottom occasionally, a few drips here and there staining the sand beneath. Uh, But seriously, you see the hunters on their approach. They see a cloud descend, kill the thing that they were coming after, take the body and then fly back up into the sky. And you can see a bit of a, a bit of shock reflection on their face before they shake their heads and begin ma- turning around, making their way not immediately back in the direction. They seem to be somewhat shadowing your motions, but your movements, but your cloud is, even with this additional weight, significantly faster than them in traveling the sands. Uh, so it's not long before you have pulled away from them and they are unable to follow you further. Uh, <sighs> when I see that we're not in any sort of like immediate danger, I'm going to continue my butchering of this animal and anything that interesting that i find i'm going to jot it down as well of course now, now you I'm... begin doing the internal anatomical sketches of this creature exactly okay is there anything else that you two choose to do to say before you make your way back to the city of Jen? um just as we are flying i, I presume going approximately in the direction of Jim, uh Durham will just say while he's like focusing on the path uh, and 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 directing the cloud uh is there any other creatures in this uh, sort of uh landscape that might be worth hunting i'll uh, i'll look through my notes and see what i can remember that i jogged down you can give me an intelligence score cool um go straight for the kukla up there in the mountain range it is the mountain <laughs> yeah. range yeah, sure <laughs> <laughs> Eight. With an eight. Uh, this was the one that was the most practical for you to hunt in terms of useful abilities. The ability to travel very easily through the sand is exceedingly useful when you are in the middle of a desert. Um, there are other creatures that are useful uh, uh, if you were to be crazy enough to try to hunt some of the larger creatures. Uh, you certainly could. Uh, let me just pull this up. All right. And following whatever whatever mm-hmm. he pulls up, uh, you know, Deerum says, and is it something worth us prioritizing looking into? I mean, I think we've been pretty clear about what our focus is here. A little bit of a um, end of existence sort of uh, situation. Yes. Um, if, if you are looking for something of a more combat nature, as this thing, while powerful in its own right, is not going to really necessarily be the most effective combat form, as it's meant for uh, sand travel, but while you're inside in the uh, mountain, it may not help you that much. There are the ash devourers, uh, three-eyed and lizards that devour that eat minerals and gems deep underground. You might be able to find one of them in the mines of Gem, actually. Uh, however, if you want something a little more exotic, you might choose to hunt one of the desert basilisk. Ooh. Creatures that have been touched by the wild, transformed into strange amalgamations of creatures that are um, part peacock of all things. Uh, lizard, <laughs> flying lizard peacocks. Yeah, it's weird. I'm looking at a picture of this thing here. I'm going to throw it up in the YouTube because, well, God, I can't believe that this bug peacock thing exists. Uh, <laughs> uh, like other than that, if you were not looking for forms, but instead for useful things, 
you could find use from trying to hunt down a furnace rhino. A furnace rhino. Uh, it also will devour rocks and uh, metals when it finds them, but of note, it will then filter out impurities, and some of these impurities might house some of the precious metals, like orichalcum or moon silver, which then concentrate in the horns. So if you were to find one of these, you could be lucky enough to stumble upon a, a nice little bit of resource by cutting off those horns. Um, as far as... Uh, I, I'm still, like, cutting and butchering the animal and um i mean there's always more animals anywhere and I, and it is a goal of mine to eventually just have a collection of, of forms that i can so honestly if we stumble upon any of them i i would be more than excited to go on a hunt um but uh nothing that particularly strikes my fancy as of yet although and then i uh stop for a second um have you heard of the smoking rhino? <laughs> the furnace rhino. The furnace rhino. Um, I don't know. Throws a quick lore check. Uh, <laughs> uh, four successes. Uh, you've heard of them, but you've never... It's a very strange thing for a creature to do. You can't imagine that you get that much useful material out of the horn. Yes, uh, the creature that eats metals and uh, puts them into its horn as a defense mechanism for it against predators. Yes, I've heard of it. It's uh, I think more extravagant for for lords, ladies, and nobles uh, rather than any actual functionality. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to find any of those anytime soon, but... Well, they are quite big, so we shouldn't miss them if we were to come across them. Okay, if we come across one. Okay. I mean, they sound really fun. <laughs> fun, okay. Sure, if we find one, we will see about trying to get more of motions to the carcass that Laura is butchering. Uh, that for you. Sure, sure. That's the least we can do for you helping us. Um, yeah, that he'll continue going in the direction back towards Jim. And continue. And you continue back towards Jim. Your fairly grisly task completed. So looking to meet up with your friends once more. That's where we'll end it. Thank you so much for taking the time to enjoy our show, staying with us on this quick little excursion to just a small moment between these characters. And a big thank you to our generous patrons, Bubble Dirt, Nova Phoenix, The Piahu, and Red Comet. Come back next week or join our Patreon where the next episode is live now. Meanwhile, don't forget to check out our tutorials and video plays on YouTube at The RPG Blender. We've been dropping more videos lately, so go check them out. If you want to stay up to date on our releases, you can join our Discord or find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or your podcast app of choice. Music is The Punk Rock Show by My Free Mickey, copyright 2012, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License. Thank you again, and remember, there's gaming outside the Forgotten Realms. I knew bringing Autumn was a good idea. <laughs> See? Yeah, it only costs you having to murder people. Well, only if you go back to Raxi. That's true. Uh, the plan is to never go back. To snub the ancient demigod-esque powerful thing. Not a big deal. <laughs> yeah, that won't go badly at no all. big deal. That's fine. She'll find you eventually, like, five years from now, and she'll be like, so, how about Compounded them 60 hearts? interest. <laughs> I mean, by that point, we should be well into the war, so. I will say, 
talk about mixed signals, but it's like, you guys are gods, go do some God stuff. But then they were like, but don't fuck with that. That's not what you fuck with. There's always like, something I, bigger than you. That's like the guy who lives is in there, Nexus. We're gods. I don't know if that gods, I think is as big as it gets. I think that, I think that's the concept. No, but gods, I, are, gods are relatively minor in this world. Yeah, You're yeah. Titan killers. Gods yeah, are remember we had that river goddess who was like, Ooh, I'm so mad at you guy. I'm not going to do anything about it, but I'm steam. <laughs> I'm sure she'll never come back. So well, then I can literally punch rivers now. I took that. That's true. <laughs> so then we're above gods. We're not gods. We're excellence. Yeah. You killed the things that made the gods. Yeah. And then broke reality a lot. And, well, so yes, we made... and then broke reality and realized it was probably better to just like turn them inside out and stick stuff them inside of each other. Uh, that's a better solution. So yeah, the point is, we don't have it all figured out. And it's probably a bad way of thinking. <laughs> 